Blog Talk Radio.
We'll be back in just a few seconds.
Fill us with your presence tonight. Father, from every corner of this earth, touch your people tonight. Send your rain and your fire, Father. Activate our heart, Father. Unify your body, Father. Unify your church. 
Father, we need your presence in our lives. Draw us into that place of your presence. Holy Spirit, draw us into the presence of Jesus. Father, give your people wisdom and revelation, Lord. Give them revelation 
Father, into the knowledge of you, Lord. Open the eyes of our hearts so, Father, we can see you, Lord. Father, so that we can know you. Let us know you, Father God. Reveal to us your presence, Father. Reveal to us your counsel in our lives, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness into our lives, Father. From everlasting to everlasting, you uphold the word of your covenant, Father. You uphold your great and precious promises in our lives. Father, we trust you tonight, Lord, in everything, Lord. <clears throat> Father, be glorified in your the midst of your people, Lord. Be glorified in the midst of your people. Reveal yourself to your people, Father. Draw their hearts to you. Draw their minds to you, Lord. Our call-in number tonight is 619 Six three eight eight four five eight. If you need prayer for anything, we're here. This is Prayer International Radio, and we're going to spend some time worshiping the Father, interceding for the nations, and we will be right back.
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog. Our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, um, give us a call, and um, we can answer your prayer on the air. We can do it off the air. We can do it through our chat room we have open. If you don't want to, don't have a telephone, can't get to a, uh, can't get to a computer, um, you can email us at prayerinternational@gmail.com at some point. Um, we have a 1-800 number, but I honestly couldn't tell you what it is at the moment. Um, so a few minutes ago, I was asking the Lord, just wasn't really sure. It's like our, my first day back in like a couple of days, so I wasn't really sure what to talk about. And so He pretty much said to let His work speak for itself, for itself. And so I guess I'm going to do that. Cause Usually when I do what he says, it usually works pretty good. So, um, Ephesians chapter 3 starts off, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he had made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge and the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. You know, this whole chapter is interesting because this is pretty much Paul's perception of his self and the grace of God given into his lives once he met the Lord Jesus on a road going about his daily business and the Lord Jesus showed up and captured his heart and transformed him from one man into a new man you know the Bible says that in the old days um, the spirit of God would come upon people and they become a new person a new man and we, in the same sense, when we meet the Lord Jesus and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we could become new creatures in Christ Jesus. The Bible says old things have been passed away, all things have become new. And it says that, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And... You know, we come and we read this word because this word is living, and the Bible says the word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Even when Paul's talking about taking up the full armor of God, he said take the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And it is this very word that reveals Jesus to us. And tells us of Jesus ever since the very beginning, the Bible, through the grace and the foreknowledge of God, has revealed the Son, Jesus Christ, unto the world from the time of the of Genesis being written through the prophets, 
through the New Testament. And even to now, this Bible declares unto us Jesus Christ. But you know, Paul also mentioned that he became a minister according to the gift of grace, which was given to him by the effective working of God's power. And he mentioned that this knowledge and this mystery wasn't something that he just came upon. He didn't read it in a book, but it was given, and it came, and it was revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And, you know, the Bible declares, and Jesus even declared it, he said that the Holy Spirit will take of what is his and declare it unto us. And Jesus declared that the same Holy Spirit, he said, it's a good thing if I go away, because if I don't go away, then the Father can't send the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Comforter. And it is the same Holy Spirit who the Bible says can knows the heart and mind of the Father and declares it to us. It said, no one knows the spirit of a man, the heart of a man, except for the spirit of the man. And no one knows the heart of the Father. And we don't know the heart of the Father without the revelation that comes only through the Holy Spirit. And even the Bible declares that we have the mind of Christ. And we have the mind of Christ because we read his word and we dwell upon his word. And we are being transformed transformed from glory to glory, it says in Second Corinthians, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And, you know, it's not good enough for us to have the... the Knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that comes through reading. You know, we need to read, we need to study the scripture. I mean, David said, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I would not sin against you. And David said, I love your law. And David spoke, King David spoke of the law being life. And you know, this word of God is life. Even Jesus said to the woman at the well, He said, You know, if you drink of this water in this well, you're going to thirst again. But if you had known the person who asked you, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Water that will become living water inside of you so you never thirst. And, you know, the thing about that is it's not enough to have someone else's Jesus. It's not enough to hear about Jesus. I mean, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But in your life, in my life, in our family's lives, in our nation's lives, it's not enough just to hear that there's Jesus. It's not enough to hear a pastor talk about Jesus or to overhear a conversation about Jesus or to listen to an amazing worship song about Jesus. What we need is a revelation of Jesus. We need the revelation like Paul had when he was on his way with orders that he could capture anyone who was a follower of Jesus. And this was after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And a spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit came and a light blinded Paul and all the people accompanying him. And Jesus stood there and Paul had an experience in that he came face to face with the Lord Jesus. And at that point, all the cares and worries that Paul had disappeared. All the stress and pressures from his job, all the things that he had on his plate, all the things on his schedule that 
were of the most importance to him, at that one moment, none of that mattered. Because he stood face to face with Jesus Christ. And the only thing he could say is, who are you? And Jesus declared who he was. And the only other thing Paul could say is, what do you want me to do? You know, we need a revelation of who he is. And we need a revelation of who he is in our lives and who he is to us. And we need a revelation of our position and and the kingdom of God, because we need to understand the position we really have, not as just mere mortals upon this earth. And that may seem sound strange, but we're we're more than just mere men. We are, the Bible says, and Paul says that we are more than conquerors to Him that loved us. Paul said that I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor anything shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. The Bible said we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus said if I cast a demon out of you then you know the spirit of the Lord has, then the spirit of God has come upon you. And you know when Jesus died and he was resurrected from the dead he said he first descended and then he ascended to the throne to the right hand of God that he may fill all in all. And Jesus took the keys of death death, hell, and the grave, and he took all the authority and the dominion back from the enemy, and he declared the the keys to us, and declared that the kingdom of the Father had come. And we need to understand, and we need to know our place in him. We need to know And when I say our place in him, it's not that it changes, it's that our perspective of it changes and our opinions of it changes and the way we view things changes. And, you know, the way you view your life and the way you view who or who you think you are will affect what you do. Um, The Bible declares, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, which is why the words of our mouth and the confessions of our mouth are so important. Because if you want to follow the Lord, you need to speak a positive confession, and you need to come in agreement not with what your own opinion is, but you need to come into agreement with what his opinion is. It's not enough to have your own opinion about the way things work in your life, but you need to understand, get a higher perspective and get a higher viewpoint and see things from the mind of the Father and see how he declares things over your life and what he says about your situations and then stand upon that word and come into agreement with him about what he has already declared over your life. Because the Bible says a man will plan his ways, but the Lord will direct his steps. And it says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. You know, the word declares that um, the word is a lamp into my feet and the light into my in my path. But it, ta- it also takes revelation. It takes yielding ourselves and yielding our lives to the Holy Spirit so that he can reveal the word of the Father to us and reveal to us our actual nature in the Father. And reveal to us the promises that the Father has spoken over our lives and declared over our lives. Those things where he said, I I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, if you didn't believe if you didn't know that the word declares you may have life and have it more abundantly, and if you didn't have other revelation from the Holy Spirit that that word was really about you and your own life and the way that the Father God wants to deal with you, 
then your outlook would be as something that you wouldn't even know that you were entitled to have life and have it more abundantly or that the Father wanted you to have life and have it more abundantly. And so we need to pray. You know, Ephesians chapter 1, Paul was praying and he said, he prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The most important thing he could pray, the most important thing he started out praying was that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and to the knowledge of the Father. That the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light. That we would understand, that we could comprehend what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his glorious of his inheritance in the saints? You know, the Father has an inheritance in us. It's not just that we have an inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. You know, the Bible says that the whole that we were given the Holy Spirit, who is our seal. He is our guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption comes of the purchased possession. And, you know, we are the purchased possession that Jesus purchased with his own blood when he shed it on the cross and he died for our sins and he purchased us because we were sold into slavery through sin and sold. I mean, we were literally saved to sin, but Jesus through his own blood purchased us and declared that we are free. And so, you know, the father has an inheritance in us because we are that, that one sheep that the Bible declares if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one goes astray, he'll leave the 99 good sheep and go for the one that went astray. Well, you know, we're all that one sheep that went astray. And so Jesus had to purchase us and had to come and deliver us and save us and redeem us. And he has an inheritance in us. The Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat, and then afterwards sat down at the right hand of the Father. And you know, when it declares that for the joy that was set before him, the joy that, that was set before him wasn't the fact that he it was all going to be over and that he would be able to sit back at the right hand of the Father, because he was at the right hand of the Father before he ever came to the earth to die for our sins anyway. No, the joy that was set before him was you. And your family and me and my family, the joy that was set before him was his inheritance and the creation that he had created. You know, the Bible declares that all things were made through him and for him. And we need, as a body of believers, we need to have a revelation into his love for our lives. We need to have a real revelation into the love of our lives. You know, it's easy to say that, you know, God loves you. And it's true. But, you know, if you just hear the words, it's just words. I mean, even James said that people can be doers, can be hearers of the word and not doers. And he said, and James spoke about how our, our actions should match our faith. And if we're going to declare we have faith in something, then we should act upon that. If we declare through, if we declare out into this world that we believe that that Jesus heals the sick, because His Word declares that by His stripes we are healed, and you know Jesus even said, "Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover." Well, if we're going to confess those words and confess that the Word of God is true, then we should be laying hands on the sick. 
because why should we speak or preach persuasive words that sound great to people if there's no substance to back it up? And, you know, the substance is our actions and our obedience and our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing him at his word, walking in in that word in obedience, and then allowing the Holy Spirit to come and glorify and magnify Jesus through his own word. You know, it's, you know, we actually, and this is going to sound really weird, but we actually rob the Father of his inheritance in a way. We rob him of his glory of, and the chances that he could be glorified in someone's life and the chances that he could reveal himself into someone's lives just through our own stubbornness, just through our own ability, our own pride, whatever you want to call it, when when it's so easy to walk up to someone who we see in a shopping in the in a shopping mart is sick, and you know you, you always we we've all been there, and I'm not saying anything negative, but we've all been there, and we're all pretty much the same. And we've all been there. You're walking through, you see someone sick, and all of a sudden your thought just pops in your head: is I wonder if I pray for them, would they get healed? And then most of us usually don't. We just keep walking along. It was just a thought. We just something that popped into our head, but you know, what if that one moment when that thought popped into your head, it was more than nudging of the Holy Spirit, well, you know what, go pray. You know, the Bible declares that you have a mandate from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible declares he changes not. He says, the Bible declares that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, heaven and earth, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And you know, the same Jesus that declared that we should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, he was the same Jesus 2,000 years ago as he was at the creation of the world and as he will be in the end of in the end of times. You know, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I mean, all-encompassing Jesus who never changes. And his word, he sent forth, he said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And those very moments are the times when he can be glorified in this world, not because we're some amazing Christians and not because we have some amazing anointing. But what it is is the fact that we have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, from every single one of us. I mean, there's no difference. I mean, Paul said there's no difference whether Jew nor Greek. Because they're all one in, in the Father, and you know the Father declares that He is gathering together one, both bodies into one, and that we are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. But we need the revelation of that, because if we don't have the revelation of what that truly means, and if we don't have the revelation of how that affects our lives, and if we don't have a revelation of Jesus for ourselves then we're never going to really believe it. It will just be words that we hear, but we need to actually believe it, and it needs to become so real in our lives that we become rooted and grounded in his word, and we become rooted and grounded in the truth of his word. So that, And then that way, when the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, when we start actually taking the word of God, and it doesn't just become regular words, but it becomes a revelation, that the Father has given into us, that we know it applies to us, and we know that it's real, then it'll turn around, even without us even trying it, it'll affect everything we do, because our consciousness will have completely shifted, and we'll no longer have a mindset of the things of the world, but as it says in Romans, 
that we'll have a mindset and we'll have our minds set on the things of God and set on the things of the spirit. For you know the Bible says that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not enough anymore for us to worship him just because we think we should or because we think we ought to or anything else like that. I mean Jesus even said to the said to the woman on the mountain, he said, You worship what you do not know, but we know what we worship because worshipers of the Jews and he wasn't necessarily being degrading but he says we know what we worship and we need a revelation of the Father so we can worship him in spirit and in truth and so we can understand his nature and understand his covenant in our lives because you know even though our minds change and our emotions change and our feelings change and our day to day lives things changes the one thing that doesn't change is the covenant of Jesus Christ and the revelation and the mystery of the Father that He has, that He hid throughout the ages and revealed in these last times, and then sent His Holy Spirit to become our teachers and to become our guide and to give us revelation and to show us Jesus. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Um, our call-in number tonight is six one nine. Six three eight eight four five eight. Um, you know, I just got to read this. Um, verse eight. It says to me, "Who am less than the least of the, all the saints?" It's funny how we all think that at times. Um, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Which means as much as you search and as much as you try to understand, you'll never complete. You know, the Bible says that that eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has even entered into the heart of man. The things as God has prepared to those that love him. And it says in verse 9, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which was from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus to the intent that now the manifold, the multi-layered, the multifaceted wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And you know what that means? <laughs> that means it's our job and it's our responsibility to declare. You know, Paul, I mean, Paul declared that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. And, you know, there's a spiritual war going on, whether we realize it or not. And we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against those same principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age. Even when Daniel prayed, and it took however many days for his prayer to be answered, and the angel finally showed up and said, you know, the Father answer, answered you on the first day, but it took me this long to actually get here excited to battle this prince. And, you know, we still declare today, if you want to, we still have the ability and the birthright and the inheritance and the position and the, and the authority that comes from the name of Jesus to declare to the principalities and the rulers of the darkness of this age and the spiritual host of wickedness that Jesus Christ is Lord. To declare it not to just the people on the streets, but to declare it to the principalities and the powers. That wherever we go, wherever the soles of our feet will tread, Jesus Christ is Lord. 
whether we go from one end of the earth to the other, whether we go from the top of the mountain to the lowest valley to the middle of the ocean somewhere, we can declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. It says in verse 10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask you, do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And if you back up to verse 19, it says, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. You know, the most important knowledge that we have and the most important revelation we have is number one of who Jesus Christ is and number is and number two is what he wants us to do, what our place is, is in him. But first off, we have to know who he is and we know who he is by his word and we know who he is by his works. He said, my works themselves declare who I am. He said, "If you didn't believe him, believe. If you didn't believe him for what he said, believe him for the works. For the works themselves declare the glory of God." And this same Jesus, who came and, and died upon a cross and rose from the dead, the Father, him, he, the Father, has exalted and seated him at his right hand, far above everything else and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess and so this is for international radio our call in number tonight is 619-638-8458 and we're going to take one break and then we'll be back in just a second
how good he is where you're at. Just lift it up. Thank you, God. We celebrate you tonight. All right, praise God. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I guess we were muted there for a minute, so I apologize. Well, we are coming out to 1114, and 
broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas. So I uh, just want to apologize. We had a little bit of technical difficulties there. But uh, anyways, just picking up Sean Holmberg was sharing his part for the first hour. And I'll be picking up for the second. Just want to thank everyone that's in the chat room. want to thank you for your prayer and support and concern. I know we took a few days off and took some time for family and to just celebrate the resurrection, to celebrate Passover and celebrate just a time of lifting up the Lord. But we're going to be back in the swing of things. And, of course, if things change, you know, we'll let everybody know. And we will probably work in some different co-hosts and different people to work in with us um, over the next month and may change up our schedule a little bit, but we'll keep everybody posted on any changes that we make. So I want to thank you guys uh, for your prayers. We know that we've been reaching some new nations. Um, I mentioned that earlier, but obviously I was muted. So uh, we've been in a few nations recently, like Norway, Denmark, uh, Poland, Sweden. Um, just really uh, just giving God glory. I know we've had an impact in Jerusalem. Uh, Canada, quite a few places. You know, people are listening to us all over the continental United States. And so that's a blessing just to know that we can have an impact on this nation and the nations of the world. I know uh, since we started about five months ago with a website, we've been in about 25 different countries. And since we started the Blog Talk Radio probably about 60 days ago, about two months ago, I think we've probably affected, uh, we've had reports back and, and got some different emails back from people in about 20, 30 different states, I guess. Um, a few actually from different countries, but total, uh, about 30 different people have responded back to us, just letting us know what kind of an impact we're having or asking us for prayer or whatever the case is. So it's just good to know that. You know, we can reach out to the body of Christ. We want to thank you for your prayer and support. So let's give these for the Lord right now and just lift up glory and honor and praise to God. You know, this is uh, the last day, of course, when sundown came. It was the last day of the Passover celebration uh, in Israel, starting last Monday from sundown until this Monday at sundown. They celebrate Passover. And, of course, the Last Supper, what we refer to as the Last Supper, was the Thursday night, uh, what we would refer to on our calendar, I guess, here in the western uh, U.S., that Thursday night uh, before the crucifixion, before the Passion of the Christ, they were celebrating, actually, the Passover Supper. And so we actually took some time to reflect on the Lord and celebrate and just really remember that Jesus Christ is our Passover Lamb. And I just want to remind everybody about that. You know, Jesus is the lamb that was slain. And we really need to look to the cross in every situation in our lives. I think a lot of times we face situations and circumstances where we forget to look to the cross. We forget to look to the Lord in everything. You know, it's one thing to know that he's God of our lives. It's another thing to pray about all things. But it's another thing to really acknowledge and put faith in the blood, put faith in the finished work of the cross, put faith in the work of the Holy Spirit, not only in the spiritual things of our lives, 
the spiritual activity of our lives, but in the practical activity of our lives, even in the relationships in our lives, even in our family, even in our business, even in everything we do, we need to begin to apply the blood of Christ by faith and realize that God wants us to sanctify and consecrate not only ourselves, but the works of our hands and the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart and whatever we put ourselves to, whatever we put our hand to, we need to really make sure it's consecrated and sanctified by that blood that, that we've gone to the cross, that we've gone to the Lord, that we've looked at our situation through His eyes. I think a lot of times we don't do that. A lot of times we don't seek God's approval on the things that we do. Although for many they may be permissible. But see, for each one of us we have a certain responsibility to God to do the things that He's called us to do. Not the things that He's called everyone else to the things that he's asked to do. Obedience is key. You see, Jesus said that you're going to have to take up your own cross and follow him. And sometimes we need to realize that, that we need to really appropriate his blood, appropriate his sacrifice, appropriate what the Lord has done, the finished work of the cross, and in like manner, take up our cross, so to speak, and imitate Christ. And find out what it is that the Lord has called us to. Find out the sacrifice the Lord has called us to. Find out the walk of obedience that the Lord is directing our steps to. And directing our eyes to. You see, he says, if you be willing and obedient, then you shall eat the good of the land. That if you seek first his kingdom... and his righteousness, then all these things will be out of you. And I think sometimes we either A, are seeking with wrong motives, or we may be completely seeking the kingdom and wondering why the practical needs of our lives aren't being met, but we forget to ask, we forget to reach, we forget to humble ourselves into the mighty hand of God and begin to ask. You know, he says, don't be anxious for anything, but by all in all things, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And see, a lot of times we let our anxieties and our fears dictate what we do. We let the fear of man or the fear of circumstance or the pressure of life or financial pressure or social pressure, family pressure, religious pressure, whatever it is, we let the pressures of life dictate what we do rather than let the word of the Lord, the Bible, or the what I call the rhema word of God, the spoken, when God speaks to your spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, the voice of God speaking to you. We need to follow the voice of God for our life. We need to follow what the word of the Lord says, what the Bible teaches. And begin to really appropriate that in our lives. You know, uh, we've got to really appropriate that in our lives. I think a lot of times we don't. 
So realize there's power in the blood of the Lamb. You see, God, after they had the Passover meal, they would actually eat the Passover lamb, and it would bring healing. They were commanded to eat the Passover lamb to be strengthened. And I think a lot of times, see, Jesus said, partake of my flesh, eat my flesh, and drink my blood. We need to realize what that meant. We need to really partake of him. See, we do all things through Christ because he strengthens us. And I think really reflecting and acknowledging the passion and what he did. He said, do these things in remembrance of me. And that's what it's all about, remembering the cross, acknowledging the cross, looking to the cross, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, Hey, he was obedient unto God, even unto death, the death of the cross. He despised the shame. Listen, Christ was obedient even unto death. And he asks the same of us. Look, be willing and obedient, and you'll eat the good of the land. God says, I'd rather have obedience than sacrifice. Why does he say that? Because he... Wants us to be doers of his word. The reason I say this, and I know that most of us, most of the people that listen to this program are ministers of the gospel. Believe it or not, the majority of our listeners are ministers of the gospel. The majority of the people that connect to our website have a church or ministry or something going on in the earth. It's amazing to me that the, the most of the people we're reaching out to or, or influencing preach the word. Praise God. You know, we're we're that's what we're here for, to lift each other's hands up, to encourage each other, exhort one another, refresh one another, provoke one another unto good works. The Bible says, Iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen the countenance of another. So praise God. But obedience. The only thing that God's ever going to require of you in your lifetime is obedience. You're never going to be advanced beyond your last act of obedience. Realize that any time you ever ask God for a miracle or, or you look at somebody that asks for a miracle in the Bible, they're given an instruction, they're given a command, they're given, told do something. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. Yeah, open your eyes. The you know, the leper was told to go dip seven times in the Jordan. And think about it. The man at the pool of Siloam was told to go wash. Or put the put the mud in your eye. You know. Put the spit in your eye. There was always some instruction that God gave us. See, every miracle in your life is going to be linked to an act of obedience. And yes, there are miracles that happen out of God's grace and his mercy, but the majority of the miracles that happen in your life are going to be linked to an act of obedience. Your obedience is the only proof that you really believe God's instructions. Think about that. 
Let me illustrate this. Look, picture yourself sitting at a table. You instruct your, your son or daughter to to go mow the grass or do house chores or something. Okay? And at the same note, you warn them. You tell them, hey, look, if you don't do this, then you're not going to be able to go to the, the school dance or whatever for the weekend, right? Or, or attend the, the school function. So when you get home, your grass isn't cut or the dishes aren't done or whatever the task is, your son or daughter didn't do. So you get infuriated. You walk into their bedroom only to find them with their feet propped up on their bed, watching the TV, talking on the telephone with their girlfriend or boyfriend, and you're thinking, what happened? You're thinking, what in the world happened? I just told you to take care of the chores, take care of the things, and here you are doing doing everything but that. What happened was is they did not take you serious. What happened was they didn't believe your instructions. So you tell them, hey, look, you forfeited your privilege. I, I asked you if you wanted to do these things, if you wanted to go out to the dance or the, the function or whatever it was to take care of this stuff. And so they're thinking, oh, man, that's not fair and, you know, they're getting upset and they're getting angry. They're just thinking, hey, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I want to do whatever I want to do today, not what you want me to do. And it's just simple. It's real clear. Look, when someone doesn't obey your instructions because they don't believe what you will do what you say. Now, if you yield and you break down and you don't follow through, with your uh, discipline, it's going to actually destroy your credibility. And your words will never mean anything to those people. Okay, my point is with that, look, when God gives you an instruction, the only proof that he has that you believe him is when you actually follow and obey his instructions. Think about that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, what's faith? Faith is obedience. Faith is is doing what God says. Faith is believing in the Word of God. Trusting in the Word of God. Well, what's proof that you trust and believe in the Word of God? You walk it out. You do it. You do those things that you feel in your heart are the will of God, the Word of God for you. And so obedience is one of the things that God's going to require of you. And when you want a miracle in your life, God's going to give you an instruction. I guarantee it. Sometimes, unfortunately, pain is necessary for us to understand how important obedience is. And this happens in your relationship with God. It happens in your relationship with people. Maybe your boss or your your family or whoever it is. Yes, God is merciful. But unfortunately, sometimes when his instructions are ignored or not taken seriously, sometimes when he's scorned or scoffed or ignored, it's very unfortunate, but sometimes there's some punishment. There's, there's, you reap what you sow. If you sow it in the flesh, 
you reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, you reap life eternally. There's consequences to disobedience. You know, nobody, anyone who ignores God never succeeds. And if you want to become successful in your ministry, in your life, in your relationships with your family and the people, then obey God's instructions. He's God. He's God. He's a holy God, too. He's a just God. He's a jealous God. Look, he's God, you're not. And anyone who ignores God never succeeds in life. He says he's holy. He says, be holy, for he's holy, First Peter 1.16. So we know he's a holy God, and he wants us to be like him. Well, of course, we can't do that apart from the Holy Spirit. He's a just God. He's a just God. Just remember that. He's a jealous God. He says, Thou shalt bow down yourself to them and serve not them. For the Lord God is a jealous God. He visits the iniquity of the fathers, the children of the third and the fourth generation of them. That's Exodus 25. Exodus 20, I'm sorry, verse 5, not 25, but 20, verse 5, that's Exodus. I'll say it again. You shall bow down yourself to them. And do not serve them. For I, the Lord, am a jealous God, and I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. That means... When you do not obey God, when you disobey his instruction, when you become his enemy, when you live for unrighteousness and things that are against the kingdom of God, then not only does he visit the iniquity in your life, but he visits the iniquity down to the third and fourth generation. Now, I believe that the blood of Jesus can break every curse of the law. But I do believe there's consequence there's reactions to our actions. We need to realize that. And I'm not being a legalist, but I'm being a realist. God wants obedience. Obedience. Even your financial blessings in your life are going to be tied to your acts of obedience. God expects obedience. Look, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. John 10 to 27. Think about it. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. That's expectation. God expects obedience. He expects it. Obedience is the only proof that you truly trust God. The only proof that you truly understand what he's saying to you. I mean, he wants to be believed. He has a desire to be believed. Obedience is the only proof that you truly trust God. Listen. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. That means that it's the pleasure that comes to God is to be believed, and, and what hurts Him is when He's doubted. When you doubt God, it actually hurts Him. Obedience is the only proof you have of your faith. God is not a man that he shall lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. 
He has said, and he shall not do it. He has spoken, and he shall make it. And shall he not make it good? Numbers 23, 19, listen. God wants to be believed. His word is the only ingredient that will cleanse your life and mind. Of course, we know it's by faith in the blood of Jesus, but listen. That's the way his word enters into your life. It's through the blood. How shall a young man cleanse his way? Psalm 119.9 says, by taking heed according to your word. It's his word that prevents disaster and destruction in your life. Psalm 119 again, verse 92. Let's stay in 119 for a minute. But his law, it says, unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. His word prevents disaster and destruction. Now, we know the only way you can get to God in his word is through the blood of Jesus by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God says, you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So that's the foundation we're talking about from here. God expects obedience. And you're never going to receive an instruction from the Holy Spirit. God's never going to speak your heart something that contradicts his holy word. I'm going to make that very clear for people that want to go off on that deep end. The Holy Spirit speaks and reminds you of what the Father has already declared, so he's always going to speak in accordance and in a line with the Bible, with the holy word of God, Genesis through Revelation. All right, Psalm 119. Verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Sometimes adversity will come into your lives just so you can learn God's ways. Now, I know that doesn't make sense sometimes, but sometimes it happens. Look, Psalm 119, verse 71 says, It's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Sometimes consequence teaches us before the word does. See, God gives us his word, he gives us his Holy Spirit, then he usually sends a preacher, and then he usually sends circumstance. And that's kind of like the checks and balances. At first he speaks to your heart and gives you the word, and if you keep this a bang, let's try to send, you know, make an attempt to send somebody across your path. If you keep this a bang, then he'll send some circumstances to shake you up a little bit. And if you keep this at bang, eventually sin can actually bring forth death. And again, I do believe that Jesus died, right? You know, the curse of the law. But we reap what we sow, people. So praise God. But his word will present disaster and destruction in your life. Remember that. It will protect you. His word will keep you. Mercy is very important to God. Grace is just as important to Him. Remember that. His mercy is forgiveness from sin, and His grace is empowerment over sin. Let me say that one more time. Mercy is very important to God. It's His forgiveness from sin. And grace is just as important to God. It's His empowerment over sin. God's mercy will remove sin. His grace will give you victory over sin. 
Grace will impart power. Grace will give you the power to overcome. But see, God's plan isn't about mercy and grace. God's goal is not really about mercy. It's about relationship. And His mercy will bridge into grace, and His grace is the bridge. It's the love of God. It's the kindness of God. It's the grace of God that leads us to repentance, that leads us to turn to God and acknowledge who God is. See, God wants relationship. And when you ignore grace, relationship becomes impossible. The most important thing you're ever going to do today is obey his voice every hour. Every hour that you live, learn to develop the ability to listen to the Holy Spirit speak to you and direct you, whether you're to do or say or whatever it is. Your joy really does depend on it. Your life depends on it. You live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The assignment God has for you depends on your obedience. And the seasons of your life are going to change every time you decide to lose, to, to use your faith. I'm sorry. Every time you decide to use your faith. Seasons of your life are going to change. So we need to just begin to pray that God would help us to be obedient. That God would help us to be obedient. You know, God rewards those that diligently seek Him. That means He there's a reward program with God. He rewards those that diligently seek Him. I mean, come on, Deuteronomy 28, verse 2 says, And all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you shall hearken under the voice of the Lord. So there's an incentive plan. If you've been willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I just want you to know, obedience is very important to God. Well, praise God. This is Prayer International Radio. And we are just lifting up the name of Jesus tonight. We're thankful for everybody in the chat room. Praying for ministries tonight. Praying for God to just awaken the love of God in your hearts and awaken the people that you're ministering to, to the love of God. Let's just let the Holy Spirit refresh us tonight so we can keep pouring out.
All right, well, praise God, we're back. This is Prairie International Radio. I don't know where we dropped off. Not sure where uh, we stopped. I know I was uh, talking about obedience. Not really sure what happened or where things went with it, but uh, hopefully uh, you guys can hear me again, so I'm not really sure. Anyways, if uh, you can hear me, feel free to call in, 619-638-8458. And praise God. So we were talking about obedience. I don't know if any of you heard that or can hear me right now, but um you know, we just want to go to the Lord in prayer right now. So hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just ask your blessing. On everybody listening tonight, Father, we pray for our Facebook family, our Blog Talk Radio family, those that have ministries, those that are believing for their families, for health. Father, right now, we just lift up Al. Uh, he's going through a situation with leukemia. We just ask your prayers for Al and for Jason as well. Also, we have another Jason going through tuberculosis, praying uh, for different people that are going through uh, just some terminal situations right now. But we pray the healing power of Jesus Christ would set them free. Praise God when we pray that they would be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Well, I don't know what happened. Uh... Yes, we're muted right now for some reason. Not really sure what's going on, but praise God, we're going to keep going with it. Just see what happens. Well, let's go to the song.
days will come when you don't have the strength When all you hear is you're not worth anything Wondering if you ever could be loved And if they truly saw your heart they'd see too much You're beautiful
All right, well, praise God, we're back. Prayer International Radio, I don't know what happened. I guess we just needed to refresh some things or whatever, but um, just want to encourage you to check out the archive if the teaching was still going. I was talking about obedience. I don't know where it fell off, but uh, check it out when you get a chance, and I may actually pick up that teaching again tomorrow and just kind of go back through it a little bit for anyone that missed it. But listen, uh, we are praying and believing God to come into your lives, believing God for your families, and for your lives to be changed and for the kingdom of God to come and the will of God to be done, we're thankful that the Holy Spirit is pouring out in your lives. He's blessing your families. He's blessing your finances. He's preparing a hope and a future for you. That he is pouring out that everywhere that you go, our prayer is that the soles of your feet, wherever they tread, that the fear of God would be there, that the presence of God would be there. So we just pray in the name of Jesus. Hey, praise God. We've got Prophetess Sharita, and we've got uh, Sister Cheryl, Walk on Water. We just bless you guys. Just thank you for your just listening tonight. We want to keep lifting you up. Uh, just so you know, we are wrapping it up. Uh, we'll be back on tomorrow from 10 to midnight Central Time. Check out the archives tonight if you missed it. Uh, like I said, I know uh, if you're getting back on we did a teaching on obedience, and uh, we'll continue that tomorrow. Hey, we're going to keep lifting you guys up, believing the Holy Spirit. So you touch your lives. We want to just lift up Japan, the nation of Japan, the people of Japan. God will bless them. And we know that the earth is, yes, the earth has moved. And praise God, God is moving in the earth. And even though the earth has moved, God remains the same. And I just praise God that we are founded and established in Him. And that even though things may shake and quake, the word of the Lord stands forever. Hey, this is Prayer International Radio. You've been blessed tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. And I pray that the Lord blesses you. Sleep good. And just allow the Holy Spirit to give you dreams and visions of the Lord tonight. Praise God. Just find rest in the presence of the Lord. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I Finding myself